0: This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. Philippians chapter 2, worship team, we'll see you back here in a little bit. Philippians chapter 2, verse number 6. And uh, I'm going to revisit the three theme scriptures for the series that we're in called Crownless Kings. I want you to get a visual. God became man. Though he was rich, he became poor. Though he had a crown, he cast it down, humbled himself, and became a servant. He became such a servant that he would go all the way to the extremes of dying a brutal death on the cross. Watch here in Philippians chapter 2 how Paul the Apostle describes our crownless king. Listen to these words. He existed in the form of God, yet he gave no thought to seizing equality with God as his supreme prize. Instead, he emptied himself on his outward glory by reducing himself to the form of a lowly servant. He became human. He humbled himself. And became vulnerable, choosing to be revealed as a man, and was obedient. That's where I want to land on this phrase right here. Watch this. He was a perfect example. I love that. We're going to camp out right there. He was a perfect example. Even in his death, a criminal's death by crucifixion. I love how Paul calls my God, my Jesus, a perfect example. He was the example of heaven He is the example of the Father's love. He is the example of righteousness. What does righteousness look like? What does kindness look like? What does generosity look like? What does humility look like? It looks like Jesus. He is the perfect example. He is the model. He is the prototype. He is the standard. He is the example. Now one thing that is very clear is that you and I, we are not the example. Somebody say amen. Pentecostal amen for that one, actually. There you go. Come on. We are not the example. In fact, when it comes to you and I, we could be called hypocrites. Now, no one ever enjoys being called a hypocrite. But the reality is is that you and I both know that we are all hypocrites. In fact, Jesus eh, nine times Uh, Through three chapters of the Bible, he referred to a group of religious people as hypocrites. Nine times he called them out, you hypocrites, you hypocrites, you hypocrites. A hypocrite is somebody that exalts themselves and pretends like they don't have issues, they don't have problems, calls everybody else out on their junk. Meanwhile, Jesus says, has a plank in their own eye while they're calling out a speck in somebody else's eye. I'm here to tell you as Zoe Church, we might be hypocrites, but we are putting our eyes, we are putting our attention, we are putting our focus on the only example that we need to worship, and it's not us. Come on, Zoe. It is him. He is righteousness. In fact, watch this next verse, how Paul, this is the same author, he writes here in Romans chapter 1, this is the gospel unveils a continual revelation of God's righteousness a perfect righteousness given to us when we believe. And it moves us from receiving life through faith to the power of living by faith. That that is what the scripture means when it says we are right with God through life-giving faith. So in other words, what the Bible is saying is that we behold perfection, we behold righteousness, but through faith in Jesus... He empowers me to live like Jesus. So in other words, Jesus, I don't look at him as the standard, the prototype, the example, and he is way up there, and I'm just going to settle my life way down here. No, through the Spirit of God, he elevates my life so I can become more and more like Jesus. So through faith in Jesus, I receive his Spirit And I can become righteous. I can become kind. I can become generous. Think about Los Angeles. We are so kind, we let the devil win the World Series. I'm not preaching to anybody today. We're like Jesus. But through this life-giving spirit, we don't just behold righteousness. We become righteous. We become like Jesus. I want you to write down the title of today's message. There is hope for hypocrites like us. You might be very hypocritical in nature in many areas of your life. Maybe when it comes to your relationships. Maybe it comes to your faith. Maybe it comes to your mouth. Doesn't matter what area. There is hope for me and there is hope for you. In Jesus, there is hope. You might be hypocritical by nature, but today, by the end of this message, I hope, whether you're on the stream or here in this room right now, I hope that you would get a revelation of who Jesus is, that he is helping us get out of hypocriteville and into righteousness. Let's pray, and let's believe that God will come and speak to us this morning on Crownless King, episode three. I'm gonna call it episode three. Is that all right? It's not message three, it's episode three, hashtag Netflix. Okay, let's pray. (laughs) God, we thank you today that you're so good and so kind and so loving. We ask that on a day like today, open up our eyes so we can truly see you and open up our ears so we can really hear you. We are in need of life transformation We thank you that today you haven't called us to listen to your word, to just modify our behavior, but you want our hearts and you want to change our lives. We are asking you, make us more like you, Jesus. You are our hero. You are our savior, and you're the perfect example. We want to be like you, and we love you more than anything else. And we all said together, come on, let's applaud and thank the Lord together. Come on. Let's thank Jesus. Amen and amen. By the way, uh, go Lakers. I forgot to pray that in my prayer. But the other day, someone was like, oh, my favorite part of the service is when you pray for the Lakers. And I was like, I, that's a backhanded compliment because you're saying my preaching is not that good. you like just like, when we pray for the Lakers. So I didn't pray for them. I just said, go Lakers. Okay. Yesterday, I took, I took my boys out. We went, we went to the drive range. We went to golf. And uh, my (laughs) three-year-old, let's not get into details of what he did. He just ran around. But my five-year-old, my five-year-old, he's into golf. He's obsessed with golf. That's all he wants to do. So we get out there, and I take the different clubs, and I'm teaching my son how to swing the golf club. So I, I show him the grip that we need to have, and I put the, you know, the ball down, and I show him exactly where I want the club head to be before he takes it back. I show him that when we take the ball back, keep your arms straight, and, and we're going to swing all the way through. Bring those hips through. You know, I'm teaching my, my five-year-old's into it. He's li- I've never seen him listen so intently, so I just kept talking. <laughs> I just started like, and honor your mom, and make sure you love dad, and <laughs> Always make your bed in the morning. He's listening. So, so he's listening, and he takes the whole thing, and and he's crushing, and he's just hitting the ball so good. Now I gotta try and be low key because three year olds, you know. I don't know what he's doing, but I got to be low key. I got to pace my energy, but I'm flipping out, excited. He's killing the game. He's so, he's so awesome. This is amazing. This is, um, this is like a dream. This is a sports dad dream come true. So so then my my, my son says, "Dad, you should hit some balls." He was really adamant that I bring my golf set. So I was like, "All right, now now I get up there. I'm like, I'm gonna show my son how it's done." You know what I'm saying? Let, let dad grab the club. You know what I'm saying? Like just a little what what just little little practice swing, I get up, I'm gonna hit my ball, my son, my five-year-old's watching, boy, you better watch this, you know what I'm saying, so I stand over the ball to address it, you know, and give a nice, beautiful swing, I shanked the ball so bad, my five-year-old walked over, and he says, he says, dad, let me show you how to do it. <laughs> And I was like, no, 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 I got got it. He's like, no, no, Dad, you did that all wrong. Let me me show you how to do it. I was like, this is a humbling experience. Pride versus humility. (laughs) I want to convince you today that our example doesn't sit in heaven watching you work it out. But the example from heaven is actually our great teacher. He is the one that says, come to me and I'll teach you how to do this stuff. I'll teach you how to live this life. He is the example that takes us. We don't just watch him and behold him. Oh, how awesome you are and how awful I am. No, Jesus, through his spirit, he elevates our life. He takes us from strength to strength, from glory to glory, and he empowers us to live like Jesus. How cruel would it be if he lived this life and said, y'all will never be able to do this. You'll never be this kind. You'll never be this holy. You'll never be this righteous. You'll never be this generous. No, I'm thankful today that he called me to his lifestyle. God never, he'll never ask me to do something he doesn't empower me to do. In fact, I'll just tell you, if God called you to it, he's going to see you through it. If he called you to live holy, he's going to empower you to be holy. If he called you to be compassionate, he's going to give you the heart of compassion. Because he's not just perfection. He is our counselor. He is our coach. He is our leader. He is our trainer. This is who he is. Like, he wasn't lowly in nature when he was here on this earth, and then now he's back on the throne, and his arms are folded. Let's see what you've got. No, he stoops down, and he trains, and he coaches, and he helps, and he leads us, and he got he's the model. Now, I love having a model because, like, I don't know if you've ever been to an exercise class, but most of the exercise class, I'm just watching what everybody else is doing. <laughs> I need a model in front of me. I need an example. I would love to be able to to do that, but some of you grew up without the example of a good marriage. Without the example of what a good father looked like. Maybe you've never seen generosity exemplified before. Jesus is the great example that invites you. I'll show you. Watch how I do this. Watch, fix your eyes on me. I am the author and the finisher of your faith journey. So don't get your eyes fixated on other humans. I'm the standard. No preacher, no pastor, no parent is the standard. Jesus is the standard. So we get tripped up when humans fail us. We were born into sin. A human is always going to fail you. But Jesus is the best example you can find. So we fix our eyes on Jesus because he doesn't just ex- exemplify these things, he teaches us these things. I want to give you to me the top three things. I grew up around a book in my house. On the coffee table was always a book that my father was reading. And, and it was just one of those books I think he read every year. And the book was called Love, Acceptance, and Forgiveness. And I think Jesus embodies these three things better than anybody in the world. And so I just want to teach you on the power of his love and his acceptance. And for, he modeled it. He's the example of these things. Write down, number one, he is the perfect model of love. And I am a model of inconsistency. So my love is flawed. My love is up and down. My love is hot and cold. My love is based on behavior. My love is, I'm a lot more loving today when we gain the hour of sleep. I'm going to be a lot less loving when we lose the hour of sleep. Am I preaching to anybody? That My love is inconsistent. But Jesus is the model of love. He is love. In fact, Jesus doesn't do love. He is love. So he exemplified. How do I know the love of the Father? How do I know the love of heaven? Well, I just watch the way Jesus loved. Jesus doesn't love with conditional love based upon behavior and religious duty. Jesus loves me as I am. Jesus says, come just as you are. He loves me with all my brokenness, all of my inadequacies, all of my insecurities, all of my issues. Anybody thankful today that Jesus loves you right the way that you are? In fact, his love is overwhelming. And as I grow in his love, as I understand his love, I can become more and more like him. In fact, watch here in 2 Peter. I love this scripture. This is how I grow in love. How do I become a more loving husband? How do I become a more loving friend? 2 Peter 3.18 But continue to grow and increase in God's grace and intimacy with our Lord, Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But continue to grow and increase in God's grace. The more I grow and increase in understanding Jesus, the more I don't stay at a cold love, inconsistent love, cruel love, the more I love like Jesus. I love like Jesus when I grow in grace. I love like Jesus when I fix my eyes and understand the the great example, the prototype, the standard. When I see how he loves, I want to love like him. In fact, just write down, under this is like a sub point. I love this. Write this down. But because I grow in grace, and understanding of Jesus, I can grow in allowing the love of God to fill my heart and consistently love others. So if I grow in understanding Jesus, if I grow in understanding his love, when I grow in understanding Jesus, then all of a sudden my love was very low. My love was very cold. My love was very inconsistent. Did you know that Jesus can make you consistent in your love of others? Some of you just in here like, no, nah, man, I'm, I'm mean. Like, I'm, I don't like people. I have watched some of the meanest people in the world become some of the nicest people on the planet because of the love of Jesus has overwhelmed their life. Come on, we can clap for that. That's fantastic. Only God can do that. Because when Jesus gets a hold of your life, he puts his love in you. So now it's like, you don't love like Mother Teresa. You don't love like Oprah, who I love. But you love like Jesus. So how do I grow in love? I grow in love by fixing my eyes and fixing my life on the standard, on the example. Wait, Jesus, you love people that didn't look like you. You love people that didn't believe in you. You love people that betrayed you? You love people that turned their back on you? How do I graduate and grow to a level of love like you have? I look at my love and my love is, my love is extremely inconsistent. My love is, is inconsistent and it is no model whatsoever. But I have hope today that I won't stay at the level of love I have this year. I want to grow in my love for other people, anybody else. I want to love people better. I want to love people all around me. I want to love people that don't look like me, act like me, talk like me, believe what I believe in. In fact, when you start asking God to do this, he will give you a love that is a model that he exemplified. Watch how God loved us. Jeremiah 31. Watch this on the screen. I love this scripture here. It says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. So what is God's love? God says, I loved you when you were bad. I loved you when you weren't good. I loved you when you didn't want to go to church. I have love. You know that you will actually have a love and a burden for people in our city when you receive the love of God. All of a sudden, God will break your heart for people who his heart breaks for because I receive his love. Without his love, I am going to love people that only look like me. Without his love, I'm going to love people that only love me. But when I get the love of God in my life, I'll be able to love my family. I'll be able to love my coworkers. I'll be able to love everybody around me. All because I can look and see, wow, I'm growing in grace of knowledge of Jesus. We, we, none of us can sit here and be like, no, nah, man, I'm good. Like, I love so good. And so, like, I'm, I've conquered love. Really? You conquered it. I'll bet you there would be a few people in your world that don't feel as loved as you want them to feel. And how can I love better? I only love better by focusing on the great example. Growing in the knowledge of who he is. And as I fix my eyes on Jesus, I become more. Remember, whatever you worship, you become. So if you keep on worshiping culture and this, that, or the other, this success, this other human, you will become whatever you elevate. Whatever you exalt, you are worshiping, and whatever you worship, you become. So I'm saying that Zoe, we will exalt, we will worship Jesus. And as I worship Jesus, I become more and more like him. Come on, let's clap together and thank God. He's not making me look like somebody else. He's shaping me to look like him. I want to love like him. Write down number two. I love this thought. He is the perfect model of acceptance. I am a model of prejudices and intolerance. Like, intolerance. Like, we know intolerance. What does intolerance mean? We know what intolerance is because we live in Los Angeles, and now 89% of L.A. is lactose intolerant. 50% of which became lactose intolerant last month. And lactose intolerant. Really? You grew up having milk your whole life, but now you moved to L.A. You're lactose intolerant. Like I wonder if five years is being legal intolerant. It's gonna be cool. <laughs> so so we are intolerant of of, of this, we're intolerant of I heard a story recently of this politician that went into a restaurant on the East Coast and he went in, and the people that were in this restaurant so disdained this man that they booed him and kicked him out because they're intolerant of what he stands for. We live in a culture that is so intolerant and so prejudiced by nature. You and I, whether we realize it, we are intolerant towards some, we are prejudiced towards some, and God needs to heal our hearts so we don't have an intolerance and a prejudice towards people that God made God created, they were made by the same God, they've got the same creator. Come on, somebody thank the Lord today. He is healing our hearts of intolerance and prejudice. And so he is a model of what? Acceptance. He accepts all. How can I grow in my acceptance? Because when I should not have been accepted, he did accept me. Think about that. When I was rebellious and against God and against the things of God and and, and had no business, no desire to walk with Jesus, he said, come, sit at my table. Come, let me serve you. Come, let me die on a cross for your sins. He accepted me before I believed in him. He accepted me just the way I was. That's what I love about church. Because, you know, church should be a place where people belong before they believe. You know, no hospital before you walk in at the doors, they go, hey, before you come in this hospital, you're going to need to clean up those bandages. You're going to need to wipe up that blood and, and, and get yourself all right before you come in. No, the church should be a place where people can come in just as they are, no matter what issues they're facing. And they can get a sense, I feel accepted here because my God in heaven, I know he accepts me here. So he is the perfect model of acceptance in our culture it's so wrong. Jesus was addressing this all the way back when he was on this earth. He said, let me ask you a question. Why, what good is it for you that you only accept people that look like you? You only accept people that love you. The world does that. watch, Watch here as it comes on the screen. Look here in the book of Matthew. I love this, Matthew 5. He is kind to all by bringing the sunrise to warm and the rainfall to refresh whether a person does what is good or evil. What reward do you deserve if you only love the lovable? Hold on. Don't even the tax collectors do that? How are you any different from others if you limit your kindness only to your friends? Don't even, the ungodly do that. Since you are the children of a perfect father, come on, a perfect example in heaven, you are to be perfect like him. Since Jesus set the example of acceptance, since he tolerated people that others could not tolerate, since he accepted people from all nations, all languages, how much more should you and I do the same? If he set the example of acceptance, I wonder today if you're setting the example of acceptance in your life. Because the reality is whether we like to admit it or not, most of us are hypocritical by nature. We love those. You want to know who my favorite people are? Anybody that loves me. Like if you love me, I love you too. But if you comment crazy stuff about Halloween on my Instagram page... Am I preaching to anybody right now? (laughs) it's, It's very human, isn't it? We accept those that love us. And we're intolerant to those that aren't good, are evil, have issues. And I'm thankful that Jesus, when I was evil and when I did have issues, And I still have issues. He still just says, come on. Let's sit together. Let's commune together. Let's have relationship together. Let me come and and accept you. And you know what changes people's life is the power of acceptance. I I have seen two two wars work within people. There is power to rejection. But I believe there's a greater power to acceptance. You ever watch someone get rejected and it will drive them crazy and it will drive turmoil and it will create wedges in their heart and it will mess with their identity. But when you watch someone be accepted by a community, by a good Jesus, all those walls come tumbling down. Maybe that's why Jesus was known for sitting with notorious sinners because he knew that if he rejected them, he could never get their ear. But if he accepted them, he could heal their life. So I can grow in this. In fact, here's the sub point for this one. I love this. But because I grow in grace and understanding of Jesus, I can grow in acceptance and inclusion. I can grow in acceptance and inclusion. You you know, Church and God, it's not exclusive for some. Like we leave, we leave all the exclusivity to the country clubs. Church and the gospel is for everybody. So when you are inclusive, you are like Jesus. When you are accepting, you are like Jesus. So as I grow and seeing you accepted. Now, is Jesus accepting of sin and is he low on sin? No, because when he accepts us, one of the things that changes is our desire to sin. Because he loved me and brought me in and and looked me in the eyes and, and helped me where I was at. I don't want to live in sin anymore. So I can become like that. As I follow Jesus, right down the third and the final one today, I love this because Jesus, he is the model. He is the perfect model of, of forgiveness. And I am a model huh, of holding grudges. In fact, worship team, you can come join me and keyboard player, come make me sound awesome right now. Like when the key start, it just sounds so epic. It's my favorite part of church. Jesus is a model of forgiveness, but you and I, we are a model of holding grudges. By show of hands, anyone here like myself, you have a propensity to hold grudges. Let me see your hand. If you're not holding your hand, I don't believe you. Because the reality is, is that my forgiveness is fickle. My forgiveness is based on, I've put you in time out long enough, you can come out now. My forgiveness is is weak, but his forgiveness is strong. So I look at the way that he forgave me. And God said, if your father in heaven forgave you of your sins, you should forgive others of theirs. I have seen unforgiveness cripple humans like nothing else. What motivates me to forgive? what helps me forgive when i look at the standard and i look at my example and i watch how much he has forgiven me i can't believe he forgave me yesterday and i'm in awe that he forgives me today i don't deserve it i don't earn it i I shouldn't have it but am i thankful today that jesus is in your reality and he has forgiven you of your sins think about that right now here in front of god you don't stand with guilt you don't stand with shame. You don't stand with condemnation. You don't stand going like, God, can you hook it up again today? No, you woke up today forgiven, set free, whole, delivered, all because of the power of Jesus Christ. So what motivates me is my example. I love this line because God gave you eyes, plagiarize. So what am I doing? The greatest form of flattery is imitation. So how do I honor my Jesus? How do I thank my God? I flatter him by operating just like Jesus. Jesus, if you are the great forgiver and you forgive me of my sins and you help me, how could I not forgive somebody that comments crazy things? How could I not forgive a family member that gossiped behind my back? How can I not forgive somebody that didn't invite me to that thing? How could I not forgive somebody that, that broke all my trust? How do I not forgive them? Look at Colossians 3. I love this verse. Colossians chapter 3, it says this. Tolerate the weaknesses of those in the family of faith. Tolerate. Look at that. Tolerate the weaknesses of the family of faith. You know what church isn't? You know what community isn't? You know what God isn't? God isn't the one that's like, oh, ooh, ew, ew. I have discovered the weak link in Zoe Church. Expose them for the fraud and the hypocrite that they are. Sounds a lot like law to me. What does Jesus tolerate the weaknesses of everybody in the family of faith? Forgiving one another in the same way you have been graciously forgiven by Jesus Christ. If you find fault with someone, release this same gift of forgiveness to them. A shallow, empty person only receives but never gives. You know, I get excited for Heart for the House. Heart for the house is really saying, God, I'm aware that you've given me so much. So I'm blessed to be able to give so much. Whenever you forgive, you are just like Jesus. And what you're acknowledging is, God, I, I'm not I'm not giving because I feel like giving. I'm forgiving because you forgave me. Forgiveness is not an emotions issue. Forgiveness is a faith issue. It takes faith in God. To forgive others of their own. In fact, write down the subpoint, I love this because but I grow in grace, but because I grow in the grace and understanding of Jesus, I can grow in forgiving others. Just watch what's happening to our life today. We're looking at Jesus, and we're not going, wow, you're so awesome. I'm so bad. You're so perfect. I'm such a hypocrite. No, God is elevating our love. He is elevating our acceptance. He is elevating our forgiveness. We are becoming right now, as we behold his glory, as we look at his face, we are becoming more and more like Jesus. I, I have faith in God, and I walk this faith journey so I can look at Him, I can keep my eyes on Him, and I can become like Him. And by the way, we do not serve the type of God that just shows you, this is what I do. He doesn't just show you His power. In fact, right down the last point, number four, I love this thought. He didn't come just to show the way, but He made a way for me to follow His example. He didn't come just to show, look at what I can do. Look at how good I am. Look at my power. Look at my strength. Look at how awesome I am. No, he didn't just show me. He's come to make a way for me to do the same. How cruel would Jesus be? If he's up in heaven, he's like, yo, look at my love. You suck. Look at my acceptance. You're terrible. Look at my forgiveness. Good luck. No, he showed me the way and he made a way for me to do the same. That's why the Bible says, oh, I love this last scripture of the day. I conclude with this, Philippians chapter 4. Put it up on the screen. How beautiful is this? I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Come on, Zoe, let's thank God. I can do it because Jesus gives me strength. I will tell you, if I tap into my own strength, I'm not a loving person. If I get into the reality of who I am, I can accept the people that love me. If I just focus on what I can do, then I'm an unforgiving person. But I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength.